Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to the second in our series on the masks that we leave behind. Uh, looking at this passage in uh, the book of Luke in the New Testament in chapter 12, and looking at both the warnings and the encouragements that come from Jesus when he's with his team and with his followers, and being scrutinised a little bit, being watched and critiqued, if you like, by the Pharisees who um, were judgmental in their appraisal of him. And I wonder for you if there's a little bit of a resonance with that. There certainly is for me that we go through life and there is a crowd, whether that's on Facebook or Instagram or our class at school or in college or our peers or our family, and there's pressure to please them. There's pressure to perform, if you like, and to be the person that they want us to be. I don't know whether you uh, often play that game at Christmas where you've uh, you've got a, <laughs> a post-it note and you have to stick it on your forehead like this and then you have to go around asking people um, who, who you are to sort of find out who you are. And I know that's a, a game, but there's a little bit in life, a little bit like that, that we're, we're almost going around everybody else saying, no, but who, who do you think I am? And trying to discover who we are through that lens. Whereas actually, in this passage, Jesus is quite tough, so brace yourself a little bit, um, but it is good. Uh, he says to, to the friends, and he calls them friends, I tell you, my friends, his, his followers, don't be afraid of those who would kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you who you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Now, tough verses there, particularly that uh, end bit. But essentially, what Jesus is saying, and he's saying it with great love and great liberty. What he's actually saying is, well, you might as well be free to be the real you, because that's who God's made, and he is the one who's in control of your life and your eternal destination. He's the one who thought you up. And because Jesus was human, but was fully God, which is really hard to wrap our head around, he's been with God enough to know one thing for sure, and that's how much God loves you. And as we look at the masks we wear, and I've, I've got one here, a little bit similar to Nathan's, uh, Nathaniel's makeup last week, but we have these masks that we wear. And the Greek mask um, was used for many different distinctives in early Greek theatre, but it was also used for uniformity. It was used for the Greek chorus to all look exactly the same. In other words, to get rid of anything that would mark you out from the crowd and that would keep you um, as a kind of chorus with um, a corporate identity. And there is a little bit of pressure on us uh, when we're younger, but I don't always think it gets any easier as you get older, as I can testify, to, to try to be a bit of a chameleon, to seek the approval of people and to define ourselves, a bit like that game with the sticker on us, to define ourselves um, by the lens that other people might see us by. 
And we're also very aware that every single one of us is a bit of a product of labels and stickers that might have been put on our masks as we've grown up. So we might have a mask that says, we might have a label that says insecure. We might have one that says weak. We might have one that says stupid. And these are labels that we've started to wear really without even knowing it so that they become a bit of a filter for our story. But if somebody says a chance comment, it feeds into one of those labels, one of those things that we've written on ourselves. Some of us might have this label, it says imposter, it might be quite hard for you to, to read it. And we perhaps wear that, imposter. And that might be because we're a surgeon and we feel we'll get found out. It might be because we're a class teacher and we feel we'll be found out. It might be because we're a parent and we feel like we'll be found out that we're not really very good. And so we have this tape, this script in our heads. And it feeds into this craving, if you like, addiction even for some, for approval. And Jesus, as always, he just gets it. He knows what it's like, but he also knows that God's love for you is so profound. His approval of you is unflinching. And I think that's the piece that Jesus is trying to get at. He's saying, why would you put all this store by what other people think of you? When actually the person who's created the whole universe and controls your living, your dying, your breathing, everything, thinks you're amazing. And he knows that because he's been with God. And he also knows that the lie of any enemy or any force of evil in this world will be around distorting that truth. I was... Um, in Dudley years ago and we were doing an alpha course um, uh, with a group of people and there was a wonderful guy called Matt on that course and we were talking about how Jesus had been with God and was absolutely sure of God's love for every single person and he compared it a little bit he said oh I get this he said it's a little bit like if you used to play for the villa and you suddenly play with the baggies you're much more likely to score against your old team and he said and it's because you know their strategy and so you're much more likely to know how you can score a goal. And I thought that was a brilliant way of looking at it because he was saying in a way, Jesus knows how much we're loved. And any enemy voice or any evil voice will try and distort that one truth. The strategy, the opposing strategy will be to make us doubt that we are enough, that we are loved. And we are. That is the incredible truth of the Bible. And it's the incredible truth of the soul rest that we can find in a faith in Jesus. Because every single day, even before you wake, starts with God saying, look what I have made, look who I've created. She is my masterpiece. He is my handiwork and I love him. I approve of her so much. So that to wear a mask that says imposter or insecurity or fearful is to mask the absolute beauty 
and security of being a child of God. Eleanor Roosevelt says, isn't it strange that we obsess about what others think when nine times out of 10, they're not thinking of us at all. In other words, we are so vulnerable to those likes on Facebook or Instagram. We're so vulnerable to whether people are angry with us or are pleased with us or approve of us. And yet the creator of the whole universe looks at what he has made and says it is good. I always feel sorry in the New Testament for Pilate. Pilate's the guy who has Jesus in front of him and gets to decide whether Jesus is put to death um, or lives. And he has alongside of him Barabbas. And the crowd are clamouring, you know, free Barabbas. They identify with him. Yeah, he's a guy who, who got it wrong, but he's not claiming to be God. And they, they cry and shout. And in the end, Pilate gives in to the voice of the crowd. But he also has this incredible self-doubt when he does it because he thinks, well, what, what crime has this man committed? He's just added to people's lives. He's made them well again. He's restored people. And deep in his spirit, he knows that actually he should have feared God over man. Now, let's break down this word fear, because it's a tricky one. We may have had an upbringing uh, that's made us fearful of God, fearful of upsetting him, committing a sin that he can't forgive, all those kind of things. And actually, this couple of verses might key into something that just says, oh, no, what if I get it wrong? Well, the reality is, and the Bible's very sure about this, and Jesus is too, that we will get it wrong. We will mess up. But fear of God is actually awe of him. It's being in awe of the fact that the God of the whole universe would love us, would care what happens to you and I. And actually, when we begin from that approval, when we begin every day from that place of just knowing whatever man may say of you, whatever woman may say of you, you have a secure place, a soul place that no one can touch. And that's what Jesus is saying here. They can't touch that. They can't touch the fact that actually you have a security that is founded on your identity. And so the futility of us all trying to be the same, the futility of us all trying to be this sort of corporate mask, this, this person that's exactly the same as every other person, this chameleon, is such a waste of time and energy and mental effort because the real beauty is to be the very best version of ourselves because there's no one else like you. I love the Oscar Wilde quote where he says, be yourself, everyone else is taken. That is so true. And I loved it when I discovered that because I know I can be a bit of a chameleon. I know when I was... Um, touring and we would be in different uh, places where they had different dialects and, uh, and and I'm very fascinated by voice as some of you know and I know that it, that I can pick up a dialect or an accent in the place that I am without even knowing it and uh, some of the, the guys that I used to tour with would say you know we'd literally cross over the Welsh border and I'd walk into the the petrol station and you know just say well can I have a sandwich and uh, they would mimic me because 
because I was so susceptible to, to almost trying to sound, without even knowing it, trying to sound like the people around me. And if we're honest, perhaps to a greater or lesser extent, there is a little bit of that mimicry going on in all of us, that actually we start to pick up the accent around us rather than the beautiful tone that is your voice, that is the uniquely crafted story and voice that Jesus has given you to tell, you to live out and do that with great freedom knowing that it starts from a place of approval. There's a great psychological tool that talks about a cycle of grace and a cycle of grief. And a cycle of grief begins with not feeling loved or accepted and spends life always trying to find a rival with that place of acceptance. And it's fleeting. You might arrive there and the very next day might rob you of that approval and you're back to square one. Whereas the cycle of grace begins saying, do you know whatever happens today, I am loved, you are enough, you are enough. So that everything comes out of that. Everything comes out of that, that there is no one else like you. Everyone else is taken. And that's for a reason. There's a reason your DNA is unique. There's a reason that your fingerprint is uh, is so unique to you. Many of you will know that I've worked quite a bit in prisons and I remember sharing how excited I was about that fact in a, in a huge man's uh, prison uh, in Wolverhampton <laughs> and getting a lot of heckling because they were all, well, that's why we're here. We got found out because of our DNA. But that's so true, isn't it? That that we have got that unique fingerprint, that even if we have a twin, it's not the same because he wants you to make your mark on this world. So there's no point us trying to mimic that other person because they're already making their own mark that is unique to them. In the book of Proverbs, we hear um, that actually the fear of man will set a trap for us, but we will find safety in the fear of the Lord. And Jesus gently in this passage is just saying, do not play to the crowd above playing to me and my father, because he loves you and wants you to come to him, wants you to live a life that actually honours the person that he has made us all to be. So let's pray for those masks that we're inclined to wear that are too uniform for us to be wearing, that are too conformed. And in church life, as, as Nathaniel rightly shared last week, we can be really guilty of this. We do not want lines of people or pews of people or whatever your context is lined up looking the same. I know as a pastor so well that so many people over the years have come to see me in my office and said, oh, I don't know, because I come to this church and I just look at everyone else and their lives are so perfect. And that particular family is so perfect. And you can bet your life that it will be a few weeks and then somebody from that family or situation will be coming and saying, I've got so many fragilities and frailties and I look at everyone else and think they've got their life sussed. Can I be honest? I'm not sure anyone really has got this whole thing sussed, but we do know a God who has. And he says, you are enough and his grace is enough. His approval is enough. So let's accept that today and live without that mask of people pleasing that we hide behind, but live as people who fully 
long to please the God who loves us. Let's pray. Be with us now, Lord, we pray, as we leave our masks behind once again. As we lay down our people pleasing in favour of accepting that we do please you even when we're asleep. Because you've made us, you approve of us, you love us. And we give you these words that we might have a filter for everything that happens to us because we think we're stupid, because we're afraid, because we feel we're a failure or a mistake or we're ugly or we're weak. Lord, we give you those labels. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to remove them. We would be free of them, Lord. Free to be ourselves. To be loved, approved and accepted. And live in real security. As Jesus said, that we have the security of knowing that whatever man may say of us, Whatever woman may throw at us, they can't touch our soul. May our security be that soul rest of knowing that you love every single child created by you. You love us all, Lord. And you have no one else on this earth.